Season's going to end on a double doink, 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 doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know that idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea, and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not funny. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know that idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. I don't go out there and laugh. Glad to have you with us here on a Tuesday afternoon. You know what that is. It's a terrible Tuesday. Of course it is. You know, I hope I have enough voice for today's show. hope I have enough voice for terrible Tuesday. Because I got some rants. If not, can we just go to the beat? <laughs> we got the beat right here, baby. We got the beat. The beat that makes you freak. Oh, yeah. That's Nub Chuck getting his uh, best groove on today. Yeah. I got some, I got some uh, stuff to talk to you about, too, next hour. All right? We got a baseball series going on between you and I. I know we do. You, you do know that, don't you? And I was so mad in the beginning, and then I got so excited. And then? Oh. Yeah. I want to try to get a food bet with Nub Chuck as the Astros are playing the Cubs the next uh, couple days. Started last night. We'll get into that. All right, uh, speaking of today's show, a lot to hit on. It is game one of the Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Got some thoughts on that. Arash Bakazi will join us, who covers the Lakers from Los Angeles. And uh, get ready for game number one in Denver tonight in the Mile High City, where the Nuggets are phenomenal at home, have been phenomenal this entire season, phenomenal in the postseason. We'll talk... uh, like how much of a series this is going to be. We'll dive into that today. And also game number one tomorrow in the East between Boston and Miami. All right. Get into all of that for you. Chuck Esposito will join us next hour from Red Rock, our uh, esteemed director of race and sports with Station Casino Properties. Always fun having uh, Chuck on the show here each and every week. So uh, looking forward to that. So yeah, a lot to hit on. Uh, today, of course. So plenty of NBA to talk about. We get ready for the NHL Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals as well. The Golden Knights get a break. They do not have to play until Friday. How nice is that? I know there was a lot of talk that Thursday would be game number one. And there was even a little bit of talk like, well, Maybe it could be Wednesday because they want to move things along. But because of the TV schedule, they want to have one game each night. The Golden Knights got a a nice break there where instead of having to play on Thursday, they get to play game one on Friday and then game two on Sunday. So they will be well-rested coming back from Edmonton in their six-game series victory over the Edmonton Oilers. And this will be just as tough, if not more tough, as they take on a Dallas Stars team. Very physical Dallas Stars team. Oh, by the way, who's the coach of the Dallas Stars? Peter DeBoer. How about that? Two fired coaches. Both coaches got fired. Bruce Cassidy lost his job with Boston. Peter DeBoer gets fired by the Golden Knights, and they're going to square off against each other uh, for the right to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. That is a pretty cool story. When you look at it, 
I know both those guys would kind of like to downplay a little bit, but deep down inside, how do you think, you know, Peter DeBoer is feeling going up against the team that fired him? Wow. Yeah. So looking forward to that. Game one at T-Mobile Arena. Early start on Friday. Okay. If you don't know this yet, 5.30 p.m. is game number one on Friday. And then game two on Sunday, 12 noon start. All right. Again, all for national television. So, uh, Kind of a quick turn turnaround, you know, from games one to two. You're not going to get that full 48 hours there. All right, so we'll talk a lot about that uh, this week. And of course, uh, it's fight week in Vegas, and it is a big time fight week. One of the best fights we've had in quite some time, and we've had some good cards uh, recently. But this is one that's been on the calendar for a while. It is Devin Haney here from Las Vegas taking on uh, Vasily Lomachenko. And just remember, Vasily Lomachenko was. Hailed as basically the pound for pound king as recent as two and a half, three years ago. Then when he lost to, uh, to Fiamo Lopez, uh, that kind of, you know, took, took some people aback and he had to kind of, you know, recalculate his career and everything. But, uh, he's been very strong since. He's actually, uh, an underdog to Haney. And it's fight week here in Vegas, Saturday night, sold out MGM Grand Garden Arena. Bob Aram will be uh, joining us uh, tomorrow, as well as Tim Bradley, uh, our good friend, who does a fantastic job on the broadcasting side for Top Rank and ESPN. And this will be a fantastic pay-per-view. It is Saturday night. Uh, looking forward to to this fight. And as you know, I've been a big Lomachenko fan for a long time. I'm really curious to see what he has right now against Devin Haney. And I know that Haney's kind of the flavor of the month and has been for the last, you know, year or so. Um, you know, unified champion, but you know, between 130 and 135 pounds, even 140, man, you've got some great fighters there and this is almost like a tournament. You know, because all of these fighters, there's about six or seven great ones at these weight classes. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple fights with the Tank Davis fight, you know, it, it, in Ryan Garcia, the catch weight. So this is going to be good Saturday night at the MGM Grand Garden. Make sure that you see that uh, as well, too, with the two fantastic fighters. Devin Haney has not fought a boatload of great opposition uh, in comparison to, to, to Lomachenko. So this is big, big telling fight. So look forward to that on Saturday night. All right. So a lot to hit on. But it is our favorite day of the week. It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Uh, boy, you are sloppy on that nubchuck. What is Sorry. wrong with you? What are you doing over there? Terrible. Yeah, you're I'm terrible. Just terrible. You are you are terrible today. I'm almost tempted to make you start it again. That was so bad. It's terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Everyone's entitled to a mulligan, right? Even you get one, Numbchuck. 
right, another NBA head coaching vacancy has arisen this morning. That was Doc Rivers, fired by the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I know that there are a lot of people that thought this could be coming, but really, why? Well, I'll tell you why, because this is our society. They love change, and someone... You know, a team, you know, gets blown out in a game seven or underperforms as they think they may have or may not have. Oh yeah, it's, it's due for a firing, especially when you get a star player that uh, is kind of non-committal, doesn't give the head coach an endorsement because as we know, we are at the stage now where we have star player versus coach and who usually wins in that predicament? The star player. Well, that's the case here in Philadelphia. Doc Rivers fired today after three seasons in charge of the 76ers. All disappointments, according to Philadelphia 76er management, I guess, and fans as well, too. So the big question here is, did he deserve to be fired? Let's examine the situation. And I'll probably say no, that he didn't. Let's look at the Sixers' record this year, right? 54-28. and Pretty good record. Went to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Took Boston, who was favored to win it all, to a seventh and deciding game. Looked awful in that seventh and deciding game. Had a chance to close them out in game six. Fell apart in the last four minutes. Okay, I get all that. All right? But as Doc Rivers said in the post-game press conference in game seven, after game seven, he says, you know, not a lot of people expected us to be here. Well, that's true, too. He's fighting for his job. Of course he is. All right, 54 and 28 this year. 51 and 31 last year. Go back to the 2020 slash 2021 season. They were 49 23. Didn't they improve each season? You went from 49 wins to 51 wins the following year to 54 wins, and you took Boston to game seven, which you didn't have home court advantage in. Didn't they improve each season? That's not good enough. Hmm. The bottom line is this, with this Sixer franchise, is that you got Joel Embiid and you got James Harden, can be very dysfunctional at times, on and off the court, as we all know, and when you decide to have those guys part of your team on your franchise, you are going to get the good, but you're going to get the bad, especially when you have a game a guy like James Harden, who continues to underperform when it counts most, and I'm going to throw Joel Embiid in that. Because both of these guys underperformed in games six and seven, which put them on vacation. Now, Doc Rivers, right? People are going to point to Doc Rivers and say, well, Doc Rivers teams, and I'm going to say that, teams. I'm not going to say Doc Rivers, but Doc Rivers teams that he's been the head coach of have lost nine straight games where his team could have clinched a spot in the conference finals. All of that. During the past three years, of course, we're talking about, you know, most of that being with the Sixers, before that with the LA Clippers. But here's the dealio. Philadelphia has been a major disappointment. They have not been to a conference final since 2001. Why? Because the franchise is a mess. Plain and simple. The franchise is a mess, and it starts at the top. We've had revolving head coaches, revolving general managers, Ownership, I don't think they really have a clue, all right? The draft has been horrendous for the most part. Free agent signings have been horrendous. When you look at the draft and the free agents, they've basically been busts 
for this team nearly for 20 years. Let's go to Ben Simmons. All right. He's your first pick. Not too far ago. 2016. Ben Simmons, your number one overall pick, which was a joke. Said it then. Said it after. Said it every year. Stinks. What did he show you at LSU? What did he ever do at LSU in his one year there to garnish the number one overall pick? And you think that that he's going to lead you deep into the postseason, win you a championship? Forget about it. Well, Ben Simmons, gone. He's not part of this franchise anymore. The very next year, 2017, number one pick again. Who you, who you select? Markel Fultz? Gone. Not even in the league anymore. So you've had back-to-back number one picks. Not on your team. Not on your in your franchise. That's absurd to think about. All right. Oh, and by the way, who did the Philadelphia 76ers select? Mark Folks, who'd they pass on? They could have had a guy by the name of Jason Tatum. And probably another half dozen other guys that are still in the league contributing to their teams. But you pick Fultz over Tatum. You have a local product who was fantastic at Villanova. Mikel Bridges. You had the number 10 pick. Is he with your franchise? No. How do you get rid of a guy, a local kid, stellar college career, very good pro career, and you select him 10th overall, and then you disband him as well, too. Should I keep going on? In 2015, you have the number three overall pick, Jaleel Okafor. Gone. Not part of your franchise anymore. How do you have two number ones, a number three, and a number 10 within the last seven, eight seasons, and they're no longer on your roster? That is the Philadelphia 76ers. That is this franchise. This is how bad they are at selecting players out of the draft. All right? Yes, the Sixers team is a mess. Did Doc Rivers really need to go? Well, someone's going to be a scapegoat. But remember I talked about revolving head coaches and general managers? Yeah, Daryl Morey. All right? Who's Daryl Morey have a love fest with? James Harden. That's why James Harden's there. James Harden and Doc Rivers didn't get along, apparently. James Harden has not given him a ringing endorsement. So what is Daryl Morey going to do? He's going to side with his player. So we have six vacancies in the NBA right now. All right, so Houston Rockets looking for a coach. They sent Steven Silas packing a while back. Detroit got rid of Dwayne Casey. Toronto gets rid of Nick Nurse just a couple years after you know winning a championship. Milwaukee... Says goodbye to Mike Budenholzer. Phoenix gets rid of Monty Williams. What do all these guys have in common? Except like for Steven Silas. These guys were all like coaches of the year. Win championships, coaches of the year. And now they're unemployed. What is wrong with this? What is wrong with sports? Society in general? What have you done for me lately? One bad year, two bad years, and the coach gets all of the the blame for this? It's insane. Totally insane. Now, you go to this Maury Harden connection, guess whose name is being mentioned? There are several names that are being mentioned in these head coaching vacancies right now. All right? Basically, every name that I just went over is now a candidate to be the Sixers head coach. Monty Williams just fired by Phoenix. Head coaching candidate. We want to talk to him. All right? Budenholzer, yes, we want to talk with him. Oh, Nick Nurse, yes, we want to talk with him. 
Sam Cassell's name has got brought up. Okay, Sam Cassell, former player, been an assistant coach now for, for a while. Maybe it's his term. They want to talk to him. But how about this guy? A guy who is the head coach of the New York Knicks. All right, Mike D'Antoni. Ooh, what? <laughs> What's the uh, common denominator there? Dale Morey. James Harden, Houston Rockets. What have any of those guys ever won? D'Antoni, Harden, Maury. What have they ever won? Absolutely nothing. So Doc Rivers is a scapegoat there for a team that has improved year after year. Yeah, he takes a lot of bullets because of, you know, didn't have success with the Clippers. But who's had success with the Clippers? The Clippers, like the Sixers, but more so the Clippers, have been an organization that has been putrid forever. Impossible to win with some of these franchises. Totally impossible. All right. So now you have six head coaching vacancies. They'll get filled here in the next few weeks, and we will see what happens. But Doc Rivers, kind of a shame today, but more of a shame, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, It's Tuesday, and you know what that means? It's jaw time! Yeah, John Morant. He's really been a star of our terrible Tuesdays recently, right? Well, Jaw's in trouble again. Suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies. Suspended by, uh, will be suspended by the NBA. But right now, the Grizzlies says, you know, we've had enough. We're going to take this into our own hands here. So Morant was suspended for all team activities after a video showed him holding a gun. And that began circulating on social media Saturday night. And this all came about from a Instagram live session from Jaws boy, Devontae Pack. Remember Devontae Pack? We've talked about him before. His boy, his partner, part of his posse. Yeah. Well, it's recently been deleted, but it was on Devontae Pack's account. And it showed Jaw Morant flashing a handgun while driving and singing along with a rap song. Now, Nupchuck, do you know what the rap song was? I thought you'd have that all prepared today. I have no idea because I don't listen to that crap. (laughs) You listen to everything. What are you talking about? Not crap. Yeah. So Jaws rolling around. He's driving with the gun. Who knows? He's intoxicated or not. But flashing a handgun again. So many incidents, several of these, that John Moran has been involved in within the last year or so, right? But this comes just after two months after the NBA suspended him for a similar incident. Remember this? We talked about it. Morant left the Grizzlies, entered into a counseling program in March after, guess what? Another viral video surfaced of him doing what? Holding a gun while being intoxicated at a Denver strip club. Remember the Grizzlies were in Denver getting ready to play the Nuggets, and Jaws out hanging out, flashing a gun, threatening people, hammer-timed in the club. He was eventually suspended eight games after meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, who called Morant's conduct irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. Now, the time of Jaws' suspension, remember what Morant said? He goes, yes. I'm going to be more responsible. I'm going to be more smarter. That was his quote, more smarter. 
huh? Where, where's that intellect? Where's that more smarter? Is you see what more smarter gets you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't get you a passing grade in English either. All right. And he said he's going to stay away from making further bad decisions. It only took him two months. Less than two months. Right. John was also involved in the several off-the-court incidents over the past year, which we've talked about numerous times, being sued by a high school basketball player after a fight broke out during a pickup game at Jaw's backyard where Morant and Pack were alleged to have punched the boy in the head. Why is Pack everywhere he goes? Pack's here. Pack's there. It's his boy. Because Pack's his boy. Oh, you my boy, Blue. Yes, it, Blue. Well, Blue, let's punch this fool down. All right, and then after that, let's go over to this house, and we're going to say, we're going to blow up your mama's house, and it's going to look like fireworks on the 4th of July. Remember that? That was the quote. Yeah. So the teenager told police that Morant entered his house after that fight on the basketball court because John, what, threw a ball at his head? Oh, jeez. He came back outside with a gun in his waistband. And Jaw said, what you going to do about this? I'm going to turn your mama's house up in flames like fireworks. Now, of course, I'm you know, paraphrasing. I don't have the exact quote there. You can't say the exact quote because I think there was a lot of FTC regulations that were being broken. This is true, my friend. Now, let's go back to your boy Pac. Let's go back to Pac-Man. Pac-Man was banned from attending games at the uh, FedEx Forum in Memphis. You remember this? After a post-game confrontation with the Indiana Pacers traveling party. Yeah, Pac wanted to, to get in some of these clowns' face. And Pac was escorted out of the courtside seat after stepping onto the floor during the game to confront Pacers players. Talking trash. You know where this guy should have been? Should have been out playing Miss Pac-Man. Yes. So he should have been at some local pizza place. Not a strip club. Not on a, a court. All right? Not beating down some teenager. Throwing blows at him. And he definitely should not be on a bus. Because remember where they were outside the, the bus after the game? Where Jaw and Pac and his associates. That's what cracks me up. With the posse, when they start calling them associates. Associates to what? Are they helping you invest in cryptocurrencies? What What do these associates do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go go, go take care of my, my biz. Yeah. So after that game, following an argument between Morant's associates and members of the Pacers traveling party in the arena loading dock, this is when the red laser came out. The red laser was pointed from an SUV in which, guess who was in there? Jaw and Pack. Has he confirmed it was red? Yeah. Because I know some sites are green. Oh, no, we got so, red. Okay. Oh, yeah. I wanted to make sure that we were oh, it's not red. just spitting. Yes. Yeah. Now, would you, like to, uh, would you like to explain to our astute audience the difference between red and green lasers? Green can hurt more, can it? I, like I, I think yeah, you're asking me a question. I have no idea. I don't know. The red difference. laser. I mean, every time I watch, I watch the Equalizer with Denzel. I see, oh, there's the red laser. I see any type of you know movie like that. I'm seeing red laser. That means death, doesn't it? Red, red's death. So green. green means go. Green laser does not mean death, I, or, or does not mean go. I, like go, let's go get it. I don't know, man. 
this guy is a problem. He's always been a problem. This guy has bad dependencies, John Morant. You know that? You know what his dependencies are? His dependency is for guns. He likes guns. He likes to brandish guns. He likes to take guns in strip clubs. He likes to take guns in cars. He wants to take guns everywhere. He wants to take guns to his neighbor's house and threaten people. He's got a dependency on going to strip clubs. He's got a dependency for hanging out with thugs. Plain and simple. This guy can't leave his boys behind. Can't leave him behind. Oh, come on. You can do that so much better. Come on. Come on, Flava Flav. Boy! That was better, wasn't it? I'll give you a seven on that one. I like Flavor Flav. He can say all he wants to the commissioner, but two months after getting suspended, he gets a second lease on life, and you're back to shooting videos with a gun? Come on, man. This guy does not have his priorities straight. This guy is facing a serious suspension by the NBA now. Okay? What's it going to be? 25 games? Half of a season? Maybe a full season? I would be totally fine with that. And bigger picture here, if you're Memphis, I don't care about his talent. I don't care. And neither should you. Neither should general managers or presidents. Get rid of this guy. You don't need him on your team. You don't want him on your team. You don't want problems. You don't want drama. You don't want guys like him and James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving. You don't need that kind of drama. You don't need those headaches. Forget about these guys. Forget about them. Then they can help you win. Forget it. None of these guys are worth having on your team. And the bottom line is, none of those guys I mentioned have won a darn thing. Kyrie got her. Kyrie, get a ring. LeBron, huh? All these other clowns, what do they get? They got nothing. What? You know what they don't have? What do they don't have? They don't have boys. Yeah, boy! <laughs> the NBA draft lottery is tonight. All right? Oh, my goodness gracious. And the media people, especially ESPN media people, are all giddy about it. They're giddy. They're all excited. Well, I guess ESPN, they want you to be giddy because they're going to show it on your network. I never understood this. All right. Because we're all excited about the number one overall pick. And that number one overall pick this year is Victor Wimbayama. Now, people are going, who? Well, Victor Wimbayama is the next coming of LeBron. He's a 19-year-old Frenchman. He's been playing in the French League the last couple of years. This guy's a tremendous talent. But everyone is getting all excited tonight about the Victor Wembanyama sweepstakes. And ESPN is saying their, their anchors are going, we're so excited for this. This kills me. All right. The whole process just really kills me. The Pistons, the Spurs, and the Rockets have a 14% chance of getting the top pick. The number one overall pick. All right. But what is worse is the hype that they are giving this 19-year-old kid who nobody has seen play with their own eyes, unless you go to YouTube or something like that, all right? He's been playing in the French League, so let's not get too excited. I'm not saying this guy isn't going to be a great player. I'm not saying he's not going to be a superstar, but now we're seeing videos going back 20 years about LeBron, and we're comparing him to LeBron, comparing him to Giannis, okay? 
this is ridiculous. And ESPN is just hyping up their own thing. They're hyping up. They're all giddy about this. Oh, I'm so excited. What's there to be excited about sitting around in a quiet studio watching ping pong balls? Explain that to me. Drives me crazy. All right? Now, I want to talk to you about the process of this nonsense. All right? The process. Remember when Zion Williamson, you know, went number one overall to the New Orleans Pelicans, all right? They had the seventh worst record, and they jumped to the number one pick. And then people said, well, you know what? Now we got to change things because this process isn't right. Let me explain the NBA process to you and the recent changes that have taken place because of that. The top three teams with the worst records all have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick. The team with the worst record is also guaranteed a top five pick as well. But just because those three teams have the inside track on landing the top pick doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get it. Because, see, five teams with the worst records all have at least a 10% chance of landing the number one pick. Now, Chuck, are you writing this down? Because we got some math here, okay? You got this? All right. Come on, man. I don't like math. I know you don't. All right. So the top three teams got a 14% chance. The the other one's got 10% chance of leading the number one overall pick. That's nine of the 14 lottery teams have will also have at least a 20% chance of landing a pick from four in the top four of the lottery, which can create chaos. Do you understand anything I said? I don't understand anything I said. I don't expect you to understand anything I said. Numbchuck says F math. I did. <laughs> right. Nothing wrong with that. Now, this is where the process really gets technical. There's more? Oh, there's more. Ping pong balls, numbered 1 through 14, are put inside the hopper. I love the hopper. Inside the popcorn hopper. In the machine, symbolizing the 14 lottery teams. Within those 14 balls, there's a possibility of 1,001 four-number combinations. Those combinations are then split up between the 14 lottery teams. To determine the number one overall pick, and individual individual ping-pong balls are selected to create a four-number combination. The team that matches up with the combination chosen is then award the number one overall pick. That same process is then done again to determine picks two through four. You follow me? <laughs> of course you don't follow I, me. I gave up on you. <laughs> I'm giving up on this because it makes no sense. So we've got to have a lottery to have a lottery to have some mathematician, some guy from MIT, try to figure out some science project, some beyond algebra geometry project, physics project. I have no idea. Nobody has any idea. They can say whatever they want. And people just nod their head and go, okay. Yeah. So once that process is completed, they determine the top four picks of the draft. The remaining spots, five for 14, is set in inverse order of their 2022-23 regular season record. And in other words, the teams with the worst remaining records pick higher than those who finished with better records. Why are we doing this? Why are they doing this? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Just go old school. 
Worst record gets the first pick. End of story. That's the way it used to be for decades upon decades upon decades. Can't they just take the... I was going to say, take it and just flip it. And then there's your, there's your draft order. There it is. Forget it. Last place team, first pick. Now you think this cures tanking? Of course it doesn't cure tanking. We are still seeing teams tank every year. Heck, we just heard about it three, four weeks ago, right? It's all we heard about this season. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, teams are tanking. If someone wants to lose every game down the stretch, so be it. Let them lose. Who cares? Who really cares? There's no guarantee that the top pick is going to be the savior of this franchise. Heck, there's more busts than there are saviors at this point. And here's the funny thing. Those teams that we're talking about, the 14 that are invited to this lottery, what do you think the percentage of the Toronto Raptors getting the number one pick is? Toronto Raptors. I told you the top three picks, right? 14% chance. Toronto Raptors. I'm picking a team. 10%. Do you know what the New Orleans Pelicans percentage of getting the number one pick is? Half of that. Point 0.5%. Is that even a percentage? <laughs> Half a percent. Do the Aces have a chance of getting this pick? <laughs> no. no? <laughs> uh, I think anybody else in any other league has just as much a chance of getting a pick. Why are you invited to the party? Why are you being put in the hopper if you have a 1% chance because you have all these other ping pong balls? And you've got a half a ping pong ball of the 1,001 that are in the hopper. They should just make it one thing and do one ping pong ball per team and just let it go. Doesn't matter. You could win the championship and be pick number one. Yeah. Good luck watching the NBA lottery tonight. I can care less. It's ridiculous. And finally, let me leave you with this. Major League Baseball. Oh, this is a goodie. You know, we're talking about the pitch clock. We're talking about checking pitchers' gloves because it's so important right now. Let's look for rosin. Look for everything else. We're going to deliver a pitch on time. Yes. We're calling strikes on batters or refusing to get in the box and have eye contact with the pitcher with eight seconds remaining. Come on. Give me a break. Well, how about this one? Umpires told Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Zach L. Eflin, right, that he had to remove something in order to pitch. You know what he had to remove? I do because I saw the story and I love the story. You must re- remove your rubber wedding band. It wasn't rubber. It was silicone. Rubber wedding band. It's, it's a silicone rubber. Whatever. It's a wedding band. I don't care if it's made out of sterling, silver, black gold diamonds if there's such a thing remove your ring a rubber wedding band or else you're ejected Hmm. he had to take it off took off the band which by the way is on his left hand think about this alright left hand do you know that Zach Elfin is a right handed pitcher therefore what hand is his glove on? You yeah. got a 50-50 shot on, of getting on, this right on, Chuck. He, he He's left-handed. He's no, a, no, he's right-handed. He's a right-handed pitcher. He's a right-handed So the that glove, means the glove is on the left, left hand. left hand, and his wedding band is on? The left hand. That's right. So so how does this affect anything? It doesn't. It's just MLB. How does it affect it? It's MLB being Oh, dumb. you've got to take it off. 
but it's on my glove hand. You can't see it. It's not affecting the hitter that's 60 feet, six inches away. <sighs> so Zach Elfin has a message for the umpires. He says, I'm not taking it off next time. I'm not doing it. The quote is, make me. <laughs> well, let's take a wild guess. When do you think Zach Eflin's next start is? Is it tonight? It is tonight. Oh, thank God. We got some must-see TV. It's the Tampa Bay Rays taking on the Baltimore Orioles. I can hardly wait to see this because Zach Eflin says, F you. You're going to make me take it off? I'm not taking it off. Ejection coming? I'm going gonna, gonna to go, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You think You think ejection? Now, if he's he's saying all, he's saying all these things that he's not budging. The first check, guess what? They're going to they're gonna see that and be like, gone. And if he says, no, they're going to give him a warning. They're going to say, okay, go take it off. Is that and gonna- he'll say no, and then he'll toss him. There it time. is. Plain and simple. But is he really going to get tossed? And then, at what point does this get better? Because if he says he's not taking off tonight, well, that means he's not taking off next week, or his next start, or his next start. That means, what's going to happen here? He never pitches again in the majors. (sighs) Then at what point do you say, okay, Zach, just forget it. Just take off the wedding band. Take it off. Who cares? I think now it's principle. Now it's principle. Now it's principle. How much is he going to stay on this principle? That's what I want to know. And for how long? How long will he stay master of his domain? Yes. I don't know. I mean, didn't take the cast of Seinfeld very long. He bailed out. Those are our terrible Tuesday takes. We will continue with this tomorrow to see if Zach Eflin takes off his wedding band. You got some terrible Tuesday takes. Hit me at TCMartin21 on Twitter. We come back, we talk NBA playoffs, we talk Denver, we talk Lakers, and Mo. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. All the things. All right, getting ready for game number one tonight in Denver between the Lakers and the Nuggets. We go to Atele. Our good friend Arash Bakazi joins us now, who covers the Lakers. Uh, also, as I say, the the author of the Sporting Tribune and does a fantastic job with the Arash Bakazi show as well on the radio side. What is going on, my friend? Well, March, we got That's you know, that's a, that, that's a lie, TC. Of course, we got the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. We've got VGK in the Western Conference Finals. It's a good time. It is a great time, man. He's a, and Arash is always making his way back and forth. Uh, he has more frequent flyer miles, for, uh, frequent flyer miles, and I think maybe car miles uh, going from Vegas to LA than anybody I know. What do you normally do? Do you fly or do you drive when you come here? I fly. I fly. You know, I, I normally like to have it planned, you know, well in advance because, like, the flight's not expensive. And as you know, it's a probably like a half hour these days uh, flight. So wheels up, wheels down, whereas that drive can take a long time. Certainly the uh, drive back just takes forever. So I, I, I prefer to fly if I can. You know, you and I are on the same page. I have so many people that come here either from Sacramento to Vegas or from L.A. to Vegas. We know L.A. to Vegas is a little bit shorter flight, and Sacramento is about ooh, an, an hour and 15 minutes, you know, roughly, okay? And, yeah. and I have this debate 
with so many friends of mine and colleagues, and they go, well, I just much rather drive because I got to get to the airport early. I got to go through all the TSA. I got to wait to board. Then when I get off the plane, I got to wait for my luggage and either get a car or whatever. So by that time, it's like a, a six hour ordeal anyway. I might as well drive. And see, I don't buy that, Arash. I think it's ridiculous. But that's the argument I always hear. Help me out here. No, I, I don't know who these people are. I mean, first of all, I, I mean, if you're doing it right, you're not checking any bags. So you're just whatever carry on you can bring. Like that's, that's right. like day number one. Uh, B, like, listen, I'm, I'm like a lot of people. I like to get to the airport like one hour before my flight. Yes. Some people like to, yes. like to have the uh, whole two hour thing. Okay. But generally speaking, for a domestic flight of that nature, you get there like one hour. Yes. Uh, let's just say the flights, a one hour flight. I mean, tops, TC, tops, it's two and a half, maybe three from like, from the moment you leave your home to the moment you check into your hotel, if you do it right, the whole six-hour or, ordeal. Like, I, I don't know whether you want to hang out at the airport, <laughs> check two large pieces of luggage. I, I, I don't agree with that. No. Yeah, and, and that's probably for the Sacramento people. It's like a, a six-hour ordeal that they're claiming. For LA people, you know, that's got to get down to maybe three because the flight is shorter. So yeah, the yeah. drive is about three. I mean, listen, four hours, maybe three and a half if you do it. Uh, well with no stops and things like that. But again, the wheels up, wheels down. You know, I've been doing it 35 minutes to 39 minutes. It's to the point where they don't even have time to serve you a cup of water. (laughs) Right. It's true. It's true. Uh, I'm with you, man. And like I said, if I don't have to, you know, drive and deal with traffic and stop and get gas, I mean, forget all that nonsense. No. Be in the yeah. air, put on my headphones, let's jam, and, and we're good. Let's do it. There you go. Like, I totally agree. There you go. All right, my friend, uh, Lakers and the uh, Nuggets. We'll get into that in a minute, but let's just kind of recap briefly, because we talked with you right before Game 6 with Lakers and Warriors. Uh, the Lakers survived. They destroyed the Warriors. They got it, and I kind of got the feeling – Arash, that the Lakers kind of feel like, okay, we got this burden off our back a little bit. We can exhale a little bit. Give me your synopsis of, of the warrior of the, of that series and then how the Lakers feel about, you know, dispatching the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a big series for them. You're talking about the defending champions. You're talking about a team that's won four championships during their current run. You know, people can say it's not the same team. I think they're saying that because they're not playing the same way. But it's still Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr on the sidelines. Like, I mean, it, that's the, the the team. Fact of the matter is, Jordan Poole and some other guys aren't playing as well as they did a year ago, but uh, that's basically the team that won the championship last season. Uh, it was a big challenge for them, no doubt about that. Their blueprint this postseason, they have not been favored in a single playoff series. What they've done is they've stolen a home court in game one. They've uh, you know split the first two games, one, two at home, taking the 3-1 series lead, closed out in six. They did that against the Grizzlies. They've done that against the Warriors, and obviously that's, that's their plan now. But, I mean, this one was a big one for them. Not saying that they thought the Grizzlies would be a cakewalk. They're the two seed. Not that they think the Denver Nuggets, the one seed, will be a cakewalk. You know, but when LeBron looks across the court, I mean, that that was the team that he's had so much um, history with, with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr. So that was a big challenge, you know, the defending champion. So it's not that um, this, they think this will be simple or anything. Obviously, the Nuggets, once again, they are favored. Uh, they are uh, the one seed. 
that being said, I think the Lakers, I mean, that was a big win for them. Big win for them. So the Lakers have had some, you know, a, a couple days to rest, and then you throw a travel in there as well, too. So many times, Arash, we see a team that has a big emotional series, emotional victory. They do have a little bit of a letdown in game one of the next series. Heck, we even saw it with the champs after that seven-game series against the Kings. They came out and they lost game one. Do you think the Lakers suffer from that, specifically in game one tonight? And do you think there's a fatigue factor with this team? Yeah, no, I, I think that's why it was so important for them to close out on uh, home court the way they, they did in game six. I thought that was going to be a tough, uh, tall task for them to go on the road in San Francisco. Probably would have been that 12-30 tip on Sunday if they would have won that, the high off that. Really, they wouldn't have gone back to Los Angeles. They would have just gotten on a plane to Denver at that point, Sunday night, first thing on Monday. Uh, that would have been tough. I think the way that they won game uh, six, that allows them to kind of, you know, uh, you know, take a breath, enjoy the weekend. Again, they, they uh, got there on Sunday. Uh, so, no, I, mean, I, I really see them going into this game one, much like they did against the Grizzlies, much like they did against the Warriors, where they're confident, but it, it's not like they're tired. Game one tonight, uh, Lakers at Denver. Uh, Denver a six-point favorite in this contest, and Denver also favored in the series, but not by a whole uh, a big dollar amount because the Lakers are a public team, and there's some uh, sportsbook liability there as well too. So if you if you like the Nuggets, you can you know get some value here. Uh, but I actually thought that was going to be the case, you know, with the Warriors, but it didn't work out that way. But we know that Denver is a different beast here. They are the number one seed. You're dealing with altitude. You're dealing with a team that is uh, you know uh, has not lost a playoff game at home, and they were fantastic during the course of the regular season. Heck, Arash, this team has won forty of the last forty seven home games. They are a beast in that arena. No doubt about it, and really the two teams the Lakers went up against the first two rounds of the postseason, you know, have been really great at home. In fact, the Warriors were terrible on the road, but they were such a good home team. The Grizzlies, I think, um, <coughs> excuse me, statistically were the best home team. So um, the key for them is, listen, they don't expect to win two games on the road. Their their goal is to split uh, and, you know, preferably to win game one, and then that's what they have to do. You know, they don't expect once that happens to win, you know, game two or game five. But, uh, you know, the goal for them is to split, hopefully win game one, but again, you know, the, the two teams that they played the postseason so far, Memphis and the Warriors, they've been two of the top teams when you talk about being a great home court team. So same thing happens here. The goal for the Lakers, again, split and win one. What's the most intriguing matchup for you in this series? It's Jokic. It has to be Jokic. And, you know, so it's uh, Anthony Davis. But then also, you know, you'll see guys on the floor that you really haven't seen in the first half or at all this series. Mo Bamba is healthy for the Lakers for the first time this postseason. Uh, Tristan Thompson, again, not really expected to play a lot, just in terms of being able to be. No, no one expects uh, them to stop. Jokic, that's not going to happen. But when you look at the series in 2020, D Dwight Howard was a guy that they didn't really um, expect to play a ton in the postseason. He was a vital factor for them in that series. So, you know, uh, they're going to try a few things. Uh, you, you know, I, I think the way that they go at him in game one may be a little bit different in game two. 
but again, I think you'll see a couple of players in Tristan Thompson and Mobamba that you really haven't seen in the postseason play a ton in games one and two. And I heard Darvin Ham say yesterday that, you know, he was asked, like, okay, how are you going to slow Jokic down? What are you going to do? <laughs> and he's sitting there going, oh, we're going to, you know, throw all kinds of things at him, things that he's never seen before. So that tells me, okay, you're going to front him. Uh, you're going to get backside help. You're going to try to double team him when he gets to the high post. You're going to try to take the ball out of his hands. Hey, Jokic has seen everything. You know, it cracks yeah. me up sometimes when, when coaches, you know, say these things because believe me, this guy has been a great player for several years now and he has seen just about every type of defense. Uh, so I don't know what Darvin Ham can do to slow this guy down. I can't see anybody slowing this guy down. Yeah, no, I, I was laughing because I thought you would say what, what, what he actually said, which was that we're going to have to kick kidnap him because no, I think right, Darvin right. Ham, yeah. well, because Darvin Ham knows he's seen it all. They, I mean, this is as close as we've seen to Shaq way back in the day where, like, listen, you, you can do your best, but my goodness, you're, you're not going to stop Jokic. The difference between Shaq and Jokic, uh, because it doesn't matter, but, you know, Jokic doesn't play a ton of defense. I think that's where the Lakers are going to be like, okay, Jokic is going to get his. Let's do our best to throw Tristan Thompson, Mobamba, some other guys at him. But, I mean, he's going to get his. We know that. Okay. What else can we do here? Because uh, that's the other thing. You know, this Nuggets team, you know, a lot of the personnel is the same, but they're vastly improved. Jokic has vastly improved since 2020. So, uh, listen, there's a reason that they're the number one seed. There's a reason that they're the uh, favorite team. Um, that being said, the Lakers know what to expect here. All right. This Laker team has been a surprise, as we've talked about before, um, here in this postseason. Give me your prediction here, uh, Arash. Uh, what do you think happens? How many games? Who's advancing to the NBA Finals? The Lakers in six. I mean, it's sort of been like the popular kind of run here where they're not favored and they, they, beat, they beat the Grizzlies in six. They beat the, they beat the Warriors in six and they got them in six here. Again, the key, obviously, you got to one on the road, preferably game one, but if not, game two. And then again, people want to talk about how great the home court has been for the Grizzlies and Warriors at Denver since March, March 26th. The Lakers have not lost at home. So they've kind of developed a home court advantage as well uh, you know rush you're making me you know want to go to the to to the food wager with you here because I, <laughs> i'm on the opposite side you know you like me you like to eat here now i don't know if you're game for this or not but uh you know if, if you're really banking on the lakers if you want to back that up with a little food wager we could do it well, let's do it. I mean, you got the favorite. So, I mean, is it straight up or what's, uh, what's, what's the bet here? Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, but I'm a slight favorite just because of, uh, again, now. No, but you're right. Listen, I'm confident. You're confident. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Next time I'm out there, you're doing a remote from one of the, you know, great establishments you do the remote from. Uh -huh. I will get you something. Or you'll get me some. No, we're, we're just, we'll we'll do a dinner, and uh, that's it. Oh, the, the, like that. the, the, lose, the losers buying dinner. This is what we do. We do on the show here. And if you're if you're down for that, you know. Now, if I'm a slight favorite, if my dinner has to be, you know, a little bit more expensive to pay you, then we can, you know, discuss that. We're not talking anything worldly here, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's Denver, and I, I I think it's Denver, and I I'm not even sure it goes six, Arash. I'm thinking it could go five. 
Is that yeah? I mean, I I don't think that's the case, but yeah, why not? And by the way, I mean, I mean, TC, you you're picking the, the number one seed over against the number seven seed, so I, you're not really going out of the limb there. But yes, I will take you up on that. Hey, and I'm not twisting your arm, my friend, at all. I'm not. I'm no, not, I'm not it, doing it, that, but, it would be my pleasure. But you're right, though. There's the conventional wisdom that think the Lakers are going to win this series, and like we've said all along, I mean, yeah, the Lakers are not a a, a legitimate seven seed. We know that. I mean, they're, they're yeah, exactly. they're, they're playing well, no question about it, my friend. Uh, I have. I appreciate the time as always. And we look forward to talking with you more here uh, during the course of this series. And uh, if you do uh, travel to Denver, remember, my friend, uh, get to the airport one hour early. That's it. 50 That's what minutes, I've heard exactly. <laughs> 50 minutes is fine. I'm a 45 minute to an hour guy. No more than an hour ever. Forget about it. I'm with you. I love it. Awesome, TC. I'll talk to you soon. Take care, brother. There he is, Arash Bakazi. Uh, check out his radio show. Go to uh, Arash Bakazi. Uh, check all that out and then uh, read all of his stuff at the uh, Sporting Tribune. Is Timmy B coming on? Is Tim Brando coming on? This is no, his song. I just kind of wanted to play this. You want to go Bertha Butt? Bertha Butt. Uh, Might as well. Why? Why? I mean, I like, you know, Jimmy Castor. Jimmy Castor Bunch. This is who does this song. He's got some better songs than this, but you know that I love Chocolateites. A couple others. Love Jimmy Castor Bunch. Come back. I'm going to give it to Numbchuck. Chuck Esposito is going to join us next hour as well, too. NBA playoffs. We'll talk about the other side of the Eastern Conference, too. That'll get underway tomorrow night between Miami and Boston. Continuing on on a terrible Tuesday. For your information, Bertha had three sisters, Betty Butt, Bella Butt, and Bathsheba Butt. Star and his all-star band with friends Steve Lukather from Toto, from Men at Work Colin Hay, from Edgar Winter Band Edgar Winter, from Average White Band Hamish Stewart. May 24th, 26th, and 27th, 8:30 p.m. The Venetian Resort, Las Vegas. On sale now at Ticketmaster.com. There is no better place for great food and fun than Slice of Vegas. Slice serves hand-tossed New York-style pizza, Italian pasta, and savory sandwiches. Slice is an official partner of the Las Vegas Aces and home of game day watch parties. Come to Slice and enjoy our big screen TVs, full bar, and laid-back atmosphere. Slice of Vegas, located in the shops at Mandalay Bay Place, inside the mall between the Luxor and Mandalay Bay. Come in and enjoy a slice of Vegas. The T.C. Martin Show, weekday afternoons at 2 on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas. Online at KSHP.com. The sun is shining in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hello again, everybody. This is Harry Carey. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. Live. What a deep left way back. It is gone. A three-run homer. In the entertainment capital of the world. Didn't matter what the count was. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Martin.
prescription from the doctor. Oh, my goodness. That's the longest home run to center field we have seen in this ballpark. T.C. Martin. Number two coming your way here on this Tuesday edition. Miss any part of the show? Go to the website tcmartinshow.com. You know I love Harry Carey and love the Cubs back in the day. But you just played the Cubs Open. I did. When you should have played the other baseball Open, and that would be the. Houston Astros Open. Don't get me started. Houston Astros are the defending World Series champions. They are. You do know that. They are. And they are at home currently right now. They are. All right. And you know who they are playing right now. Oh, I do. <laughs> that would be the Harry Carryless Chicago Cubs. Yes. Yes. Mm. All right. So, good little interleague play going on. We do. And you went silent on me. Now, you know how I am with, with food bets, especially when we get people's favorite teams involved. We got to go food bet with the Astros and the Cubs. It's a three-game series. It is. And I did propose this to you uh, yesterday. You did. And, 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 I, and I gave you a pretty damn good reason why I wouldn't. <laughs> what about your – and I wish we would have brought this up yesterday before game one because now, you know – we yeah. know what we know what happened in game one last night. But do you remember your response to me when I said, Hey, I mean, you know who the Astros are playing? And you said I said it's, I'm guessing it's the Cubs. It's it, it is the Cubs. I go, here we go, baby. Astros Cubs. And then your first your team. Here we your go. First thing. What? Of yeah. course. Yes. Food bet. Food bet. Food bet. And your response was Hell no. <laughs> exactly. This is what I don't understand. This is your team. You love this team. I do you love. Watch this team. You follow them every day, and they're having a pretty good season. Better Holy than- cow! And so I'm thinking, okay, yeah. You know, Astros have plenty of injuries, and just for the sake of just you know the show aspect or just the friendliness aspect, that you would say, okay, fine. And you know what? It wouldn't even have to be for anything major, okay? It doesn't have to be, you know, a bet like with Marco or now with Arash where I'm saying it has to be the filet wagyu. I'm not saying it has to do that. I know. I mean, heck, it could be, you know, it could be Freddy's. Heck, it I'll, could, I'll make you a... Do- it uh, could be... It could be a... I'll make your food bet. It could be a Randy's Donut. Next door. Next door, I'm not eating next door in your little dive places that, that, that you go to. If, if we're going to do a food bet, well, I'll tell you what. If you win the food bet, yeah. you Again, the winner gets to choose. I know, I'm just messing. So if you want to go to one look, of your dives, on. and I'll pick out one of my do you uh, want me to, places. Do you want me to put who I would put? I would put the Astros in it. What do you mean? I would put the Astros as the winners. I know better. Yes. I'm a Cub fan. I'm so used to freaking losing. It's not even funny. Okay. 
but you're a fan of the Cubs. I am. I'm a you're, you're diehard. Diehard. Die you're diehard. And you're rooting for him. I'm just asking you to continue rooting for him. I'm. Well, I'm going to root for him, but I know better. You do know better. I do know better. You do know that the Astros are superior to to the Cubs. That's why I said it. Yeah. Why I said okay. I would not do a food then, bet then, with then, you. Then that's smart. I mean, I guess it's smart on your part. But man, you were just so adamant. Because I know better. I bet I could talk you into a food bet. I bet you you couldn't. <laughs> well, I can't now, but before the series started, all right, all they'd have to do is win two out of three. You don't think that the, the Cubs would be capable of beating the Astros in two out of three Hold games? Hold on. What was the score bottom of the first? Four nil Astros. Now, what was the score after the fourth inning? Four four or four four tie. Four four. And then all of a sudden, somebody got pretty cocky. I, I really right? didn't get cocky. It right? was something stupid. It wasn't even like I. So now it's like, oh, okay. So now the food bet's back on. Because remember, I talked to you after I was driving away an hour before first pitch. Yep. And you were going, hell, hell no, no, forget about it. And then, and then, then, what did I say? For nothing, my phone starts blowing <laughs> up. F the Astros. <laughs> I was I'm going, immediately. Why, why F the Astros? This is what F I don't get Astros. about people. Why this is what I don't get. Why F the Astros? What would they ever do to the Cubs? Oh, because they put a four spot on them. Because they put a four spot on my Cubs. Okay, so why don't you F the Cubs? Because it's their pitcher, Jameson One Ball Italian. They they gave it up. Don't even start, please. But then Italian came back, and then it was four to four. And then all of a sudden, now you're kind of giddy. I I was like, no, I was still kind of, I knew I was like, oh. But then you were thinking about the food bet. At that time, you're going, well, maybe. You said maybe. I said maybe. Yeah. And then, like, uh, and then we get Breggy Bomb. He goes deep, and it's 6-4, and you go silent. I know. Yeah. But see, that's why I was trying to give you every advantage to make the food wager before the game started. Oh, I know. Yeah. So now, obviously, it's, so Astros win last night 6-4. But, you know, pitching matchups, I mean, you know, Framber went last night. He wasn't very good. I know. You know, Verlander's gone. You know, McCullers is on the I.L., I mean, th- their pitching staff is not real good right now. Tell you what. What is this? Let's do this. Let's make a deal. Let's do this. <laughs> no, no. no, I was going to do something. See, it would be really stupid because then that would be a, a sweep. I'd say, you know, get, let the you know Cubs win one of the remaining two games. I don't think that could even happen, honestly. <laughs> I don't think the Cubs have one in them. It's baseball, my friend. I mean, hold te- on. Teams don't do me a favor. Got to win sometimes. Look at sure. the last three Cubs game scores. They played the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll play your little game tonight. Oh, by the way, the Astros a dollar seventy five favorite tonight. I'm sure they are. All right, and that is uh, Christian Javier going against Justin Steele. Good old Steele. Steele's got a one point eight two ERA. He's decent. Yeah. I'll give him that one. You know. Okay, so you want me? You want to know about the Cubs' last three games? L- look at like the last three or four games and tell me the scores. Okay, they lost sixteen to three, <laughs> eleven to one. That was against the Twins, but they beat the Twins in the opener six to two. They won the game before. They beat those Dirty Birds from St. Louis ten to four. Love those Dirty. So birds. this this team is more than capable. No, there's, here's my thing is they're way too streaky right now. Yeah. You just don't want to lose. That's it. 
you're damn right I don't want to lose. <laughs> you just want to... <laughs> because you think there's going to be the, the mockery or whatever. No, it, it wouldn't be the mockery. I'm just not caring. I don't, I don't want to lose. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm just giving you bad time. That's, you know, well, like me telling you, hey, at, or Astro, or let's put a gold, Golden State, Sacramento. Yeah. You were like this the whole time, I weren't was. you? I was. I you was, were like, who do I, who do I go for? Well, I was confident in the Warriors, but as the series progressed, I mean, again, I put my money on the Warriors. They're going to win the series. I felt really confident. But then when the series started, I'm going, eh. Then there was tipsy turvy. It was uh, teeter totter, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. And then, you know, Warriors, Lakers, same type of thing. It's like, eh. I think the Warriors are the better team, but it ended up being that the Lakers were the better team. So I was wrong. See, I can be wrong. I'm just not, you know, wrong when it comes to betting with Marco and exactly most of my other guests. So can I throw some breaking news out? Yes, breaking news. It is Terrible Tuesday, correct? Yes. You know what the most terrible part about Allegiant Stadium during a UNLV football game is? Allegiant Stadium at a UNLV football game? A UNLV football Besides, game. Besides, uh, and again, I do not want to rip on UNLV. I will not do that. No, no. Uh, but you know, the worst part is that you are usually staring at 40,000 empty seats. That's usually the worst part, you know, averaging about, you know, 10 or 12,000. But the, the other part is the sideline, uh, thing when Marcus Arroyo was here. Was the slot machine? What the turnover slot machine? Right. So breaking news is yes, the turnover slot machine is gone, <laughs> as it should be. And here's my man Barry Odom. Barry Odom's coming in, and I'm sure I guarantee you what he said. Okay, uh, wait, wait, I'm watching, I'm watching this, these highlights from last year, and doing player evaluations and looking at everything, and I'm. What what did that guy run over? He ran over. He got an interception and he hit a slot machine. What the heck is that? Now I don't know for sure the Barry. We got to call Barry. I can ask him that. But we, uh, we do. Yeah, and and I'll commend him on that. So UNLV getting rid of the slot machine on the sideline. That is correct. Hallelujah to that one. That's great. Again, I said it when it happened. When when Arroyo brought this, remember what I said? I can even remember verbatim pretty much what I said. I said that is the most insulting, cheesy thing that you can come up with. And the reason why Arroyo did it, because he is not connected to this community. He doesn't understand that people who live in Las Vegas think that that is a slap in the face. It's cheesy. That's coming from a tourist, somebody who does not understand what living in Las Vegas is all about. Oh, and I'm so happy it's gone. Yeah. That's great news. Yeah. And my other pet peeve with that was, is you're having kids go over and uh, pull a handle of a slot machine, which they don't even pull handles anymore, right? I mean, everything's just pushing a button. So was this slot machine an old school one where you... Some, so... I never even looked at it. Some of them are still pull. Very few. Some of them are still pull. Most of them are... You push the button. Well, they're both now. Yeah. They have the pull and... You sure it's not face ID? You sure you just you don't go up there and then all of a sudden you don't even have to you can have your hands in your pocket and you know you put your your rewards card in there and face recognition comes in and then exactly can you see that that's coming my friend that's coming but back to this yeah so I I didn't like it but here's the other point is like you're having 
kids that aren't old enough to gamble to be in a casino on the gaming floor going over yanking a slot machine. You're having 18, 19, 20-year-old kids do this. So not not a cool message, not a good message. Not and again, just another reason for people to rip on a downtrodden program. Those were my pet peeves with it. But again, yeah, just cheesy. Because, and first of all, the whole turnover nonsense upsets me. And again, I'm still mad at the Miami Hurricanes for this with the turnover chain. Well, that garbage that started. And now, you know, everybody has something goofy. Turnover, turnover. It's, it's society. Here we go again. I sound like the society guy here. It's ridiculous. One team does it. Everyone's got to do it. Oh, and the worst part? We went crossover sport now. You realize that, right? Yeah. You have this nonsense now infiltrating to Major League Baseball, infiltrating to the NBA and other things. Like, so what did we see last year? Okay. Or two years ago with teams when they hit a home run. Well, college football's got the turnover chain. Let's do something. Oh, let's be the Boston Red Sox and we have. Like, no room to even maneuver, to even get everyone to stand or sit in their dugout at, you know, decrepit old Fenway Park. So what do they do? They bring, like, a toboggan or something there. Remember? They got the, the rollers. and what, like, Wasn't it? The, they're, no, they're, it was, they're it was a the laundry field. cart. It was a like la- the laundry cart. Laundry cart. It was a laundry yeah. cart. Hey, yeah. Uh, let's, let's get the laundry guy who does our laundry. Uh, bring the laundry cart over here. Yeah, we're going to go in and push this guy 20 feet yeah. in our old dilapidated dugout that has no room in it. Let's do that. Yeah. Where did they get that? They didn't come with that on their own. They came over from the Miami Hurricane turnover chain and God knows what else. And then now we see other teams what put it on like who was I watching the Angels the, the Angels Did have you see like Otani? the sombrero no no no, no no it was like the, the bad Burger King crown it's a crown Otani had a crown on he's marching around that nonsense and you see what the White Sox did no have you and seen I, that see this no. should fire you Mister Chicago you know I don't care about them I I, I like they're oh, dead to me but but hundred percent but this should fire you up because so, it is so ludicrous and so stupid what, what, what they they're have? doing okay and you can look it up here but I believe it's something like with a old Chicago Al Capone jacket or something like that or a trench coat or a mob coat some coat go look it up but I saw this last week and I'm going what are you doing. What what is this? When they were playing the Astros, they of actually course. hit one. I think they hit one home run in the series, and I saw. I think yeah, Robert. Who I like to say Robert. Hey, a shout out to Dusty. Dusty in the post game press conference, he says, "Hey, he goes Robert. Remember, my, I'm, I'm yeah. always shouting it. Why why don't they call him Robert? Everyone calls him Robert. 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 Everyone everyone says Robert. I said, isn't he Robert? And Dusty said Robert. I appreciate that. But anyway, but everybody calls him Robert. Luis Robert. How can that be? If he, I, I, need, I, need, I, need, I need my, my Mexican brothers to come out. I need my Spanish heritage brothers or sisters to come out and call me up and let me know here. I mean, is it Luis Robert? Everybody says Robert. I say Robert. Hold on. I heard Dusty say Robert. So he's... Spanish descent, or is he? Could he possibly be French to where it's like Luis Robert? 
if it was Robert, he'd call himself Robert, or the the media would call him Robert. No, so look it nobody up. Nobody ever knows. Look him up right now. I'm too busy looking at this horrible, pathetic okay. jacket. So there you go, and, and, and you got the brim. Yeah, so you, you got the brim on top of that, right? So what, what do they wear? I remember seeing some type of of uh, either a, a coat. It was like an Al Capone coat or something like that. What is it? It's the White Sox. No, it was, but that's and I'm trying to see if that's. Yeah, that's the jacket itself. So they put on this jacket. So it's yeah. like a celebration style jacket. Yeah, yeah. How's it going to work in 95 degree humidity during July in Chicago? How's it going to work out for you? You're going to die. <laughs> you know this. Uh, are you going to make me look up Robert Robert? Where he's from? I know he's from the Dominican or somewhere like that. I've got it. We got the White Sox. We do. That team makes me sick. I'm sorry. Can't stand them. Same here, buddy. Same don't, here. Don't don't like them at all. It's the one thing that we agree on. Luis Robert, as I say, or Robert Jr. All right. From Cuba. 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 So what is it? I think it's Luis it, it, Robert. It, I would think. It's Luis Robert. Then why does everybody call him Robert Jr.? Luis Raba Junior. No, they say Robert. Like, Luis like, Robert hey, Junior. How's it going, Bob? All right. How about some other breaking news? Want to get to other breaking news? Sad breaking news on a terrible Tuesday. Oh, God, this is so pathetic. How about the Oakland A's? Let's talk about the Oakland A's. All right. So the Oakland A's, before I get to that, I, I we did talk about the official agreement in place, right, between the A's and Bally's, all right? So another little update on this one, too. The plan calls for the 30,000-seat ballpark uh, projected to draw more than 2.5 million people per year. That's what they're saying, 2.5 million. Have they not done their homework? Are they basing this on, they just think, hey, shiny new stadium, shiny new product, here we go, same old pathetic team with no high-priced free agents and no real good farm system? Is that what they're projecting 2.5 million people are going to be attending the first season in 2027? That blows me away. But the plans for the the stadium, 30,000 is what we're here now, Previous reports estimated the cost of the stadium at $1.5 billion, all right, with three hundred and thirty uh, with uh, $395 million in public financing. Well, under the new agreement with Bally's and uh, GLPI, they'll set aside about nine acres of the 35-acre parcel at Las Vegas Boulevard, Tropicana Avenue, for the A's or a related stadium authority. Before ground can be broken on the stadium, legislation must be approved for the public financing, as we know. But Major League Baseball must grant the approval for the A's to leave Oakland. But the agreement not only was in place, but it has now been signed. Signed, sealed, delivered, Stevie Wonder. It has been signed. So let's add some of the, some fun to this. Well, not really fun. Are they going to play? Are they going to end up playing at Garmin next year? What? With the crowd that they had last year, or <laughs> last night, oh, that's are they going to okay. have, well, they're going to have, four, they can't even fill the ballpark. Okay. So they are pro- telling people that they are projecting to draw 2.5 million. Not even In year close. one. 
Not even give me the, close. Give me the under right now. Give yeah, John, exactly. Give me the, Jay. Give me the under. It let's John. Give me the under. Give me five hundred thousand on that now, right now. To be to 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 be fair, it is four seasons away. Exactly. The A's but, do have a good history. But people don't realize that this this team has history. But how they have positive history. They have positive history. But if you go back to history as of last night, let's they go don't to last night. History. Last night's attendance: the Oakland A's and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Get ready for this, people. 2064. 2064. It Why? was the lowest attended game in Oakland since 1979 when they had a thousand people there. 1979. The old the old record or, or, or the record that still stands, and the, I'm guaranteeing you is going to be beat this year or next year. 1037. 44 seasons, my friend. 44 seasons. You got to go back. 2064. And it's only going to get worse because people have checked out. They're upset. Why would you invest money into going to see them? It's not like you're giving them a swan song like the Raiders. Okay. The Raiders weren't very good before they left Oakland. We get that. But the A's are even more dismal. And this saga has been going on and on like the Raiders did before they moved to Las Vegas. But this is, there's no hope. What is the incentive if your A's ownership to improve your franchise the rest of this year, next year, and the year after? Seriously. So to your question, where are they going to play? They're going to work out. An agreement. I, I know they are. I was just having fun with the it. Las Vegas ballpark. But remember, that only seats 10,000. And they're going to have to put in artificial turf because it's not like the aviators are going to play somewhere else. Hold, now, now, hold on. They're both going to play and they're going to have to work out that schedule. Can they be they're nice? They're working on that right now. I guarantee it. Can they make up a deal and let's go? Aviators, you got to go to the. Ball, or you got to go to Cashman for a year or two and then come back. Man, that's not a good sign. I know, but it, but it's also you're getting a Vegas ball ballpark in Vegas and they know that it's not going to last I very long. I think the only time that could happen or would happen is if you've got a, a conflict and say they're extenuating circumstances can't even say rain out rain but something you know that there is something that happened not like a pandemic but something of yeah. that nature that would push the schedule back oh wait a minute now sorry A's are going to take precedence over the aviators aviators we got to move you to Cashman for a game or two or, or, or do a you put the something a- like that or do you put the A's in Cashman uh Probably not. It's a good question. Though. I mean, it really is. For the next year or two, yeah, you put. I, I would put them there. I mean, you get, put them some. You got to hey, put them somewhere. This is the. That's going to be the A's home. Okay, until their new ballpark is built, the Las Vegas ballpark will be their home again. It's the. It's their AAA team that's playing. You're just kind of kicking them to the curb a little bit. And again, what happens? Big league weekend is here every year. 
The A's are here for big league weekend. So that's their home. Las is, Vegas ballparks are home for is, that. Is Cashman still MLB friendly? It could be. They haven't, I mean, I mean, it, I know they haven't touched it in. Well, it's not year. MLB friendly, but it's minor league baseball friendly. But I I'm saying, but I'm know. saying to, it would be easier for the, the aviators to go, not the A's. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. Was like, would it be easier for. And they're hoping that the A's are going to draw more than the Aviators. So therefore, okay, you're, you're at the Las Vegas ballpark and you would think so for a major league baseball game. I mean, look, they sell out for big league weekend. Yeah. yeah that's major. That's major league baseball. Yeah. Okay. Preseason games, they're exhibition games, but it's still major league baseball. So, but yeah, last night in Oakland, 2064, uh, this is something that we're, we're going to hit on all the time. Big. I mean, we're are four weeks into a major league baseball season. And they've had crowds less than 5,000, I think, on like four or five times already. How long before they hit that record? They're going to hit that record. I mean, that's, they're going to hit that is record. It this year? 1979. Is that 1979 record this year? Or is it next year? They're, um, this year. I say it's this year. I think so too. Especially later on. Okay. Oh, by the way, the A's record. Nine and 33 right now. Nine wins, 33 losses. You're only 17 games out of first place. 17 games out of first place. Oh, and by on the way, May the 16th. Tuesdays at the Coliseum? Yes. Bark, now, bark in the park. Bark in the park. Okay. So, yeah. They're, 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 and I was they're, trying they're, to find the sad. food prices. So the like, hot dog, I told you, they used to do yeah. the the dollar hot dogs on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So I was going to actually say that. Well, yeah, that was a Monday night, right? That was last night, Monday night. No hot dog night. Not dollar hot dog night. Now, they're going to draw a little bit more on a Tuesday or Wednesday because of the hot dogs, but you're right. And they also do that bark in the park. Bring your dog. How about that? Bring your dog, and that dog can run all over the place. Yeah. I mean, that dog can, can go and, and just, just run wild. It's not going to affect anybody because people are just sprawled out in that stadium. It's insane. In the pictures, you look at the pictures of, of that stadium now and afternoon game, night game, and the opponent has a lot to do with it too. Who wants to go see the Diamondbacks? Crazy. What happens to the Coliseum? What happens? What happens? Do you think it's going to get demolished? You think so? Implosion and uh, office buildings will go on that site. It's Very not. Nice. It's not a great area. No, it's it's not a great area. Do you put? But, do you put like a, apartments there? I mean, you can almost just put some put, like condos or how, something or housing. I guess. You know, I do. I, I turn to a, a mega shopping mall. Trip center. That's what I would do. Do they have like on the side? Do they have the like shopping? Not shopping center, but like the plaza, like Fenway and Wrigley does. Where in Oakland? In Oakland, absolutely not. So it's just a parking lot. It's parking lot and building. Yeah, and there's a lot of cracks in that parking lot. Is it fun to drive through? Oh, you could go 100 miles an hour in that parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's 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 treacherous, but you can. Walk across the street, go to Sirloin and Brew, Ooh, get a $6 Sirloin steak and a brew. That's an old school place. I used, to, I told you the stories. Go there for Warriors games and on, and on, uh, on like Wednesday nights, man. Oh, that, that was great. But 
Yeah, it's it not, it's not where you want to be. No. And the smell and the sewer, and we've talked about it over and over again. It's just, it's not a good place to watch a game inside. It's so antiquated. And then, you know, just outside. And you're right off the freeway. But what I've always liked about that, when we always used to compare going to San Francisco to Oakland, hey, it's good Oakland. Easy on, easy off. Because you're I right. Mean, you get back to Sacramento an hour and a half. That's not bad. Because, no, I mean, it's right off the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, where the old candlestick park? Ooh, that was, that was a nightmare getting out of there. Yeah. There you go. When we come back, Chuck Esposito is going to join us. We'll go out to Red Rock, talk about the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and a whole lot more. And, yes, Golden Knights. Talk about the series against the Dallas Stars, Game 1, Friday at T-Mobile. <laughs> Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. <laughs> One of my favorite spots, the uh, Red Rock Casino Resort. And our guy Chuck Esposito, bobbing his head, listening to a little Chicago right now in his office. Feet are probably up on the desk. I can picture this right now. But I'm even going to paint another picture. We need some pizza, Chuck. We need some Chicago-style pizza. What do you think about that? While we listen to some Chicago. Man, you're, you're just, you know, you're... you're Giving me great news, T. I mean, Chicago pizza, listening to Chicago, seeing if the Bulls get the first pick in the NBA draft. I mean, what could be better, you know? Chicago's going for a trifecta. Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls. Oh, uh, check. They always look at the glass half uh, half full. I appreciate that. That's, that's good. Yep. yep. Hey, yep. Chuck. Chuck, can we do something? Can you can, yeah. can you settle a, a debate for us? Oh yeah, Chuck's gonna settle a debate. Sure. Okay, so here we go, Chuck. So, um, I love pizza, as you know, and and I love my Chicago uh, joints. All right, and you know there there are, there are a couple places in town, as you probably know, that there are Chicago originals that are here in town, and mm-hmm. um, I, I have these debates about the pizza. Now, I love a good deep dish. I'm I'm down with that. I can even go with with the thin crust. I'm just not much for the the real thin, the cracker crust, right? But I do draw the line here, Chuck, about pie cut versus squares. Where do you stand on that, Chuck Esposito? Um, you know, I've had them both. I it just depends on the the pizza place. I think you know. I mean, I. There's a couple of Chicago pizza places out here that I love, mm-hmm. and um, you know, one square, one you know, traditional, yeah. and they're both phenomenal pies. So um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to decide one or the other. Your me, choice. It's, it's all the taste and in the dough. Really? So you're okay with eating either or? It doesn't. It doesn't affect you of choosing a place or that particular pizza. If it's traditional, Chuck said traditional. You notice that number, Chuck? Yeah. He said no, traditional. It, it, you know, it's I like never, that. It's never, ever made me say, I'm going to get pizza from this place or that place because one is square and one is traditional. Never. It's never even crossed my mind. Okay. It's all about the flavor and the dough and, you know, and the pizza. All right. It, it doesn't matter to me. Personal opinion. Okay. So here's the deal. I am a traditional guy. I like it. Call it the pie cut. Call it whatever you want. Right. And Numchuck and I <laughs> yeah. go back and forth with this. Right. And Numchuck swears. And I'm going to go with Chuck because Chuck is the Chicago aficionado. Numchuck always is saying, nope. 
Chicago-style pizza is square only. Please dispute this, Chuck, and tell him that is not true. There is a lot that is square, but it's not every pizza place is square. But a lot of it is. Yeah, a lot. Uh, Listen, when I was going to my places in Chicago, (laughs) I I rarely came across a place with squares. I'm serious. It wasn't until Green Bay where I saw the squares, and I go, what is this? And then I, say, but I just oh, can't say, you can't say those words, Green Bay, to me after we're talking Chicago. What's wrong with you? But I'm telling you, man, it just, I've uh, never, I, mean, I, I don't think Chuck, seriously. Chicago pizza and you bring up Green Bay? Go Bears! Conversation. Okay. Tell them, no, Chuck, uh, they cannot be in yeah. the same conversation. I, oh, no, I know. Okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you guys, now. Correct me if I'm wrong. You lost a lot of street cred with that one. A lot. Yeah, I, I was just saying that I never heard of it or experienced the square cut pizza in Chicago. I experienced it in that other place up north. Okay, you want to be like that? <laughs> I'll say that. Fine. All right, that's a little better. Better. That's a but, little but, better. but hear me that's out. Hear me out. Bit. Okay. Okay. What, uh, Giordano's pie cut. Okay. Traditional. Okay. I'm going to use the word traditional. Okay. Traditional. Pizzeria Uno. Traditional. Due, yep. Uno, uh, Lou Malnati's, traditional. <laughs> okay, um, well, uh, Gino's East, traditional. I-, I never saw any squares in any of those. So, Mr. Dumbchuck, you're going to have to give me on. some other Chicago place that I haven't had to tell me that's the way Chicago does it. I'm you, not believing you it. You really want me to? Yeah. Aurelio's. I don't think I've eaten at Aurelio's. What about you, Chuck? I have. Yeah? And they're square only? And they're, uh, not, they're not square only. Right. The, the, you can you ask right, them. You, know? you can ask any place for square or not square. I go down the street here and I get square. Well, well there's a place here in town. Okay, they'll be named nameless because when I ask, well, them why is to, it gonna remain nameless? Well. Yeah. well Okay, fine. You're right. Wait, wait. Yeah, Amori. I go over here to Amori and I ask Amori to they 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 did the the squares and I said, uh, you know, can you can you please cut it? Chuck, are you there? Chuck's still there, isn't he? I hear him. Okay. No. You got to get him back. What what happened? (laughs) See, he got so fired up here. Yeah, seriously. I go over to this place and I ask him. I asked him to go ahead and, and, and cut the... Okay, here we go. I'll get back to this. Sorry about that. Chuck, you got so fired up. I don't know what you did. I mean, you, 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 you're... you hey, I think it was you. I no, think it was you, no, buddy. We didn't do anything. I mean, I don't have a phone in front of me. It had to be Numbchuck, but he wasn't over by the phone. But anyway, I go over to Amori, and they and I asked him, I said, can you please give me the pie cut, please? And they go, no, we're not allowed to. And I go, what? Are you kidding me? And they go, nope, the chefs will not do that. They call them the chefs back there. They, they refuse to do it, but they only do certain, uh, the deep dish, they'll do it. But if you ask for a traditional or a thin, they go, nope, it's square only because they don't, want, they don't want to go back and forth, back and forth. They don't want to do it. Isn't it crazy? I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, I know it's a, it was a, you know, tradition. I think it started in the, in the, you know, the fifties in, in Chicago. Um, so, you know, it was the, the workers, I think the stockyard workers would stop by the pizza places and the square pizzas to go would fit on the napkin better. And that's why they started going with the square. It's a so round pizza. A little bit it's a round pizza. It's square. It's, but they cut it square at a lot of these like dive bars. Yeah. Back there. 
They, and everything it's like a that. round pizza. It is. So why would you cut it in squares on a round pizza? And okay, here's the big thing for you guys. Okay, so do you go for the crust part where you you know you you've got you can eat it like a traditional pizza, or what do you do when you get to the middle? You don't eat it with your hands. I start, you have dude, to go fork and knife, right, Chuck? You, you want to bet? I stay away from those middles. Fork and knife, man. <laughs> what is wrong? How do you grip it? Between, between mentioning Green Bay and fork and knife to eat TC. pizza. No, I'm, no. Sure, I'm not sure what would happen. I'm today. I'm about I'm to really quit not. right now. I <laughs> hold on. How I, do you grip? How do you grip that thing in your hand? It falls apart. You have no crust it's to grab it. It's a little Man. squeaking I'm, I'm, square. I'm, you, you do? You uh, pick it uh, up and you eat it. Oh Jesus! That's right. Not that's as right. handy. Not as easy as doing that. I. That's it. That's it. You guys. That's. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm. I. You know. I thought Chuck. Was, <laughs> Chuck was with me. Chuck's back on the fence now. He's going back and forth here. I got Chuck on my no side. Fence. No fence. No <laughs> fence. No, because you'll eat either one. You'll eat either one. It's all about. I will. Know, I will. I didn't say I wouldn't eat any or either one. And I've been eating the squares, guys. I'm just the saying square. I prefer. And I've never heard anybody tell me this is Chicago style. So I'm just disputing that. That's all I'm doing. All right. I'm just saying that that's not as universal as you think, Numchuck. I got Mr. All Chicago right. on the line here. There we go. Okay. I, I don't know, Numchuck. You know, I've, I've heard Green Bay. I've heard, you know, I prefer uh, traditional Chicago pizza. I've heard use a fork and a knife. I mean, this, this segment has gone really off the rails for me, you know? It, it has, Chuck. Okay, so we'll, we'll get it back uh, to your Chicago Bulls then. How's this? Well, what is the percentage that they have of getting the number one pick? I know the Toronto Raptors have a 1%, and I know the yeah. uh, the Pelicans have a half a percentage I mean, can we just do away with all this stuff? It's not helping tanking anyway. I mean, just come yeah, on, let's, let's I get think rid the of it. The only way they, I think they have to, they have to fit, get a top four pick, not to forfeit their first round pick um, from a previous deal. So um, I was just being greedy. I mean, to be honest with you, boys, uh, you know, it was kind of um, a miracle the way the Bears got it with um, the Texans scoring, you know, twice uh, from being far behind in, in that game, double digits, something that hadn't hurt, happened in the second half of an NFL game all year. And then for the Hawks to, to win the Bedard sweepstakes was just, you know, crazy. So um, believe me, I'm, uh, I'm I'm happy about the way it played out in both football and hockey. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with the uh, basketball draft lottery tonight. All right, NBA draft lottery tonight. See what uh, takes place with that. We got to game number one on the NBA Tonight, Chuck, with Denver and the Lakers, Nuggets a six-point uh, favorite. Tell us where, what kind of action you've been taking on this game one and the series here, and has the line moved at all? It has, guys. I mean, we've definitely seen um, some, some Nugget money come in um, on both the game and the series. However, we are huge Nugget fans, um, as we've talked about for the last you know several weeks. Um, not only speaking for us, but I think I can – comfortably say as an industry that there's liability on the Lakers. When you talked about a Laker team in, in mid to late November and the position they were in and being 100 to 150 to 1 industry-wide, um, there became some liability. Now, these two teams played twice or four times during the regular season. They split those four meetings. However, um, after the trade deadline, um, which became a new Laker team, these teams did not play. But we are huge Nugget fans. I mean, it may may cost us some of the games, but we are definitely rooting, um, you know, for the Nuggets uh, to prevail in this series. All right. And when give us the uh, the current line that we're looking at here with the Nuggets for the series price as well, Chuck. The series price is 
crept up as, as well, guys. Um, I think from the time we put it up, we were anxious to see what kind of backing the Lakers would get. Opened up 35, um, 15. It's been on a, in a steady rise um, since then, going up, you know, at least 20 to 30 cents. So um, a, a lot of nugget love right now um, we're seeing. All right. Yeah. Nuggets are $1.65 favorite at Station Casinos. Uh, if you like the Lakers, plus 145. And, uh, you look at the other series, you got the Celtics minus 575, the Heat plus 435 here. I know not a lot of people are giving the Heat uh, a chance in this series, but, uh, they have played exceptionally well. I'll tell you what, Chuck, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but the Miami Heat have the best coach of the four teams remaining. I'll tell you that. And Eric Spolstra. Oh, he's done a phenomenal job. I mean, this was a team that you know was a uh, you know play-in round, and they were they were behind the Bulls with a few minutes to go in the game, and were able to to win that game. So um, they played a lot of basketball. They got hot at the right time. Jimmy Butler has taken this team on his shoulders, and uh, they played great. I mean, they're definitely a dangerous team, no question about it. All right, and we look at uh, game number one tomorrow night. We've got the Celtics, a seven and a half point favorite uh, in this one. You know, what what are your thoughts on this one, Chuck? You know, I think there's some added pressure on uh, the Celtics guys after the Bruins being the number one seed in hockey, too, and uh, and not finding a way that, you know, we had that prop up, uh, both Boston teams um, winning a championship and uh, Bruins getting beat by the number eight seed. Um, you know, I think the Celtics are the better of the two teams, but I think the Heat can come in, you know, kind of relaxed. They're playing, as you mentioned, really well. Um, they're a confident bunch. Jimmy Butler's playing as well as anybody in the league right now. Um, so you have to think that if this series goes a little deep, um, that uh, the Heat are live. But, uh, again, Celtics are a pretty good-sized favorite in Game 1. Very well-rested, um, kiddingly, of course, yeah. after having that seven-game series against the Sixers. Right. So, you know, back to the Lakers and the Nuggets series, we see a lot of times the team that has that that intense series like the Lakers just had, you know, with, uh, with the Warriors that, uh, okay, maybe they exhale a little bit. They knocked off the defending champs and then it's a really good spot to, to play the home team and the favorite in game number one. You mentioned that, you know, more nugget money's coming in. The line is up to six and a half now. Do you think that is the reason, you know, Chuck, or is it just that they feel, okay, it's the number one seed? But I know that there's, you know, a lot of handicappers. I do this myself. You figure, okay. You know, Lakers may not be as sharp, and they spent so much emotion and maybe even be a little bit fatigued coming off that uh, that series against the Warriors. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, you look at the Lakers and beating Memphis, I didn't think Memphis was, you know, that good going into the postseason. I thought they, they had a lot of liabilities. And, and I think, you know, you're looking at the Warriors, and they were just a horrific road team the, the entire season. Um, so taking nothing away from the Lakers, um, AD and LeBron really stepped up. You've gotten a lot of great play from role players on that team who really stepped up, and that was the difference, I thought, in the series against Golden State. I think at this time, all teams are a little bit banged up, and they've played some, some tough, long series. Um, I just think you look at the Nuggets, and you know maybe they're not a public team, but very quietly, they were the number one seed. They've got a you know, phenomenal player um, who kind of leads their team. They're a really good team, but it is the Lakers, it is LeBron, and I still think you're going to see some Laker backing across the board. All right, Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock talking about tonight's NBA playoffs. Game number one tonight, Lakers and the Nuggets, and then tomorrow 
uh, out in the East. It starts with uh, Boston, a seven and a half point favorite over the Miami Heat. Chuck, let's talk a little bit about the Golden Knights. Uh, they're back here again, the Western Conference Final, fourth time in the uh, six year existence of this franchise. It's not going to be easy against uh, the Dallas Stars. And Dallas, it took them seven games to dispose of the Kraken here. And uh, we see the Golden Knights say a favorite in the series. We see them favored in game one. Uh, what kind of money and what kind of action are you seeing in the series so far? Yeah, same here that, you know, we saw some early action on the Knights team. Um, then it came back a little bit on the Stars, but another push on the Knights. I think just the way the, uh, the public and our betters have bet the Knights out here, that there's no question we're going to continue to see Knights play. Um, similar to the Lakers, there definitely is some liability um, on the Knights a little bit differently because, you know, we're a local's properties, properties. You get a lot of Knights backing. Interesting enough that these three, these two teams played three times during the regular season. Stars won all three. Two of them, uh, in shootouts, two to one and three to two. And then very late in the season, four zero. Uh, I think the key component is that all three games stayed under. These two teams played in 2020 in the Western Conference Finals in the bubble. The Stars prevailed in five. The coach of the Knights that season was DeBoer, who's now the coach of the Stars. So if anybody knows the Knights, their tendencies, their strengths, their weaknesses, it's going to be DeBoer. I think it's going to be a great series. I think you look at the Knights, and it doesn't seem to matter who's between the pipes. Um, whoever it is, the team steps up and plays for them. I think the system is conducive to that. Their, their defenders don't pinch up. They stay back. They've got enough offensive talent. Uh, it's going to be a really good series, but again, you know, if somebody really knows the night, it's going to be Peter DeBoer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you look at uh, game number one here, the Knights say a dollar thirty-five favorite. I would imagine that would attract uh, Golden Knights money as well too, as we've we've seen, except outside of the Edmonton series, where the the Knights were are usually heavy favorites. And again, they were really really dogs in just about every game in that uh, Edmonton series. So if you like the Knights, check laying a dollar thirty-five might might be okay for some of those people. You know, a lot of the Knights games, T, though, the public is really backing not only the Knights, but backing them on the puck line as well. Um, that, you know, that becomes kind of for us uh, because of the price. Knights, you know, minus a goal and a half and getting a pretty juicy plus price, um, especially now, you know, in hockey late in games, of course, you're seeing a goaltender pulled. There's an easy opportunity for an empty netter if that occurs. Um, you saw a lot of a lot of goals in the postseason. I think the four teams that are left, Panthers, Hurricanes, Stars, Knights, all play more of a similar style of tight defense, dump and, and chase the puck, a lot of back checking, and that's why you're seeing both totals relatively lower than you saw in some of the games in the postseason. Yeah. Golden Knights, a dollar fifty favorite for the series price at Station Casinos uh, right now as well. So um, looking forward to this series. You mentioned uh, the other series in the, the Eastern Conference Final. What are your thoughts on that? The surprise. I think it's an interesting Panthers. matchup. I think, <laughs> yeah, you know, people are looking at the Panthers and a lot of the chatter is that, you know, uh, number eight seed almost didn't make the playoffs. But you think about who they've knocked off. I mean, knocking off the Bruins and then Toronto had become the favorite, knocking off Toronto. And people forget that this team was a President's Trophy winner last year. Yep. Now, granted, that's a curse more than a reward, but they're not that far removed from being the best point getter in the NHL. So they're a really good team, too. Um, I think both matchups are really intriguing. I think in Florida's case, you, you know, Bobrovsky had kind of become with that big deal, though, and some of his struggles early in his Florida career, not the guy. 
But now that, you know, with Spencer Knight having some issues off the ice, um, Bobrovsky's one of those goaltenders that can stand on his head, win a series, and may ultimately win the cup for them. Um, but I think all four teams are, are good. They're going to be fun to watch. And they're going to see a little bit closer games um, in the postseason than you saw during the regular season. Looking forward to it. Who would have thought, Chuck, that we'd have a number eight seed in the NBA Conference Finals and an eight seed in the Stanley Cup uh, Conference Finals? Pretty crazy, right? And both out in the East. And both from Florida. (laughs) I really thought more so you might have it in the NHL than the NBA. It's usually tougher for an NBA team to kind of make that that trek through the postseason. Where in the NHL, as I mentioned, a hot goaltender can – Definitely stand on his head and steal, you know, games and series and maybe ultimately get your team to the Stanley Cup. All right. Chuck Esposito over at uh, Red Rock. Get over to any of the station casinos properties. Uh, watch the games. Bet on the games. They have the kiosks there, but more importantly, the STN mobile app. So easy to use. Bet where you are watching the games. All right, uh, looking forward to uh, tonight's action, Chuck. It's going to be a good one, 5.30 between the Lakers and the Nuggets. And again, uh, we got hockey, and the Golden Knights will open it up on Friday. Look forward uh, to that. But uh, it's a great time right now, my friend. It is, T. There's always so much going on, and uh, exciting from our side of the counter as well. you got a big race weekend with the Preakness, so if you don't have the, the race component of the app, Come on in and get signed up for SDN Sports. But uh, with the sports side of it, there's just a lot going on. You've got the Indy 500 coming up, UFC, boxing this weekend as well. Yes. Uh, And as I mentioned, the Preakness to go along with baseball, basketball, and hockey. Yeah, we should have mentioned the Preakness. Yeah, Mage is uh, the the favorite. And then we got Lomachenko and Haney, which we talked about. We'll deal in, uh, dive into that to big time tomorrow with uh, Tim Bradley and Bob Aaron will be joining us. Uh, are you seeing any action on the fight real quick, Chuck? Uh, just a little right now, T. With boxing, it usually really pumps up, yes. you know, in the 24 to 36 hours before they get into the ring. So I'm sure we'll see some. And, you know, Lobachenko being a dog, I'm sure we're going to see some uh, money come in on him as well. You know what I'm going to do right now, Chuck, don't you? We're going to play a Chicago song, I think. We're playing we're playing Blues Brothers, but there you go. I'm going to have some Chicago-style pizza. That's there it. Go, Better buddy. have it square cut. And no squares today. That's it, baby. I'm going deep dish, baby. See, there's no... Wow, you are argument. stepping out. I'm stepping out, baby. You got me hungry. That's it. I'll take it. Yeah. I'm going to take a picture and show it to both you and Nunchuck, too. What do you think of that? All right. We'll be waiting for it, buddy. We'll be waiting for it. You can be wearing your cheese head while you're doing it and eating it with a fork and knife, and I'm sure that'll be a big hit. I, I, I will not do that to you, okay? No no cheese head goes on top of the head. There you go. All right, brother. Be good. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Appreciate the time, as, as always. All right. Thanks, guys. Always enjoy it. I'm so hungry right now. Look what you did to me, Nunchuck. You got me in the pizza mood today. It's what I do, baby. It's what uh, I do. Yeah. I'm going to continue this uh, discussion some other time. Mr. Square over there. Damn right. Mm-hmm. Here's your math. Six and three is nine. Nine and nine is 18. F math. If this is any part of the show, go to the website, tcbartshow.com. Back at it again tomorrow. We'll talk Haney, Lomachico. We've got NBA playoffs. Right around the corner. We get ready for the Golden Knights Friday night. Busy, busy week. Glad to have you with us. We'll catch you mañana.